Hello, and welcome to episode five of Decoding Devs. I am your host, Michelle, and with me is your other host, my son, Colin. Hello, everybody. Uh, okay, so this is episode five. Maybe my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I love them all. Same. But I really think this one might be my favorite because it might be the most Not challenging. Not even the last one? It, this one might be the most challenging. Like, Oh, to understand. To, for my brain. Okay. Which I, I, I like. get that. But anyway, um, so we're going to start, like always, opening <laughs> montage of episode five. Yeah. And the song that's playing is called Oh, I Wept, and I'm dumb, and I didn't write down the artist. It's from Free. Oh, it is? F-R-E-E. Okay. Thanks. I'm glad you knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but small disclaimer from the last episode about how dumb I am sometimes. It's kind of a big disclaimer, actually, rather than a small one. Um. It's not that big. Come on. Uh, We were talking about last episode when Forrest breaks down uh, emotionally and cries and how I read that as Jesus wept, which is a quote from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so then the next episode is called, you know, the song is Oh, I Wept. (laughs) Is the the quote, by the way, is the quote Jesus wept really that big of a well-known? Like, there's so many quotes in the Bible. How would you know that that is a quote? Let's just put it this way. Is it really that big of a quote? If I know the quote, Mm -hmm. because I suck at Bible quotes. Mm -hmm. I'm Catholic. We don't learn Bible quotes. It's just, it's the way it is. If I know that quote, then it's a famous quote. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying... It surprised me that when I when I heard you say that, like, okay, like I feel like yeah, there's a moment when Jesus cries, but like, I didn't really I didn't really think about the significance of that moment. But now that I thought about it, like, obviously it's because he's expressing humanity. It know? is, but also it's well known for just being the shortest verse in the entire Bible. That's the is whole that what verse. it said? That's the whole verse. Oh, <laughs> mic drop. That's the verse. But yeah. okay, disclaimer. I was thinking it, he was at a funeral of a child, and. That is not what happened. It was Lazarus. A uh, duh. Like, he was at Lazarus's funeral, and that's why he was sad. Um, but anyway, I was equating it with a child because, unfortunately, I was at the funeral of a child one time, and the priest gave a sermon using that Bible verse, Jesus wept, as a focus of his sermon. So in my mind, that was connected to a child, but it was actually Lazarus, who, by the way, gets raised from the dead. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get her to read something without making noise, and it was hard. Oh, I had to my God. upside down, and yeah, okay. I have something hanging from my nose, everyone. <laughs> okay. The joys of doing a podcast with your 20-year-old son. <laughs> okay, but yeah, okay, so Lazarus. Is that what you were talking about? So the quote, yes. <laughs> okay, the quote, cool. Jesus wept, is about he's at Lazarus's So tomb. it's literally one line. Yes. And that. that has a number, and then the next line has a number. Yes. That's nuts. I didn't even... I feel like I should have known that. I'm sad. I'm sure you were taught that at some time during your 10 years of Catholic education, and you just forgot. Well, to be honest, years. we never, like, studied... This is going to sound bad. We never, like, studied the Bible Catholics verses. Catholics don't. It's a it's a it's a common joke amongst Catholics. Like Catholics don't know their Bible at no, all. No, but but here's the thing. So my real experience with the actual with understanding the Bible was in was in school, and it was when we had there were these adoration things the first Thursday of every 
for Thursday or Friday of every month. Mm-hmm. Where as a class we would go to, in my school had a chapel and we would go to the chapel as a class, each with our own Bibles, and we would just sit there for fifteen to twenty minutes and be in silence and read, which is like honestly one of my favorite parts because that was truly like my kumbaya moment like we had mass every friday but that was during the time that was yeah, the time when we all just joked with each other yeah. in, the, in the pews <laughs> school <laughs> so, mass is always not <laughs> yeah it's a joke of, but yeah. um I don't, know, I don't know i had some moments i i was very fascinated with revelations i, I turned to the back oh, every revelations time. Is, <laughs> i was like yo this is like a video game bro <laughs> revelations is wackety whack it's like a role-playing game in the bible it's crazy <laughs> it so there's is. four dudes just riding on horses yep. like what mm-hmm. through the universe it's crazy Anyway. Anyway, back on track. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm stupid, and Jesus Wept is about Lazarus, not a child. And Lazarus gets raised from the dead, so, hmm. Anyways. Wait, how? Jesus does it. He goes to... Oh, he just does it? He just does it. <laughs> oh, dang. He's a G. <laughs> he is the G. Because he's so upset, and, like, his friend is... And I forget whose brother Lazarus is. Again, I suck at the Bible. Um... But, yeah, he's just like, you know what? That's cool. Doing it. What a homie. Anyway. Okay. So this song, Oh, I Wept, made me remember that Jesus wept again. Mm -hmm. And then, so this montage. We open at a mental hospital, Whitehurst Hospital. Mm -hmm. And the montage begins with a shot of that and then, like, the lobby or the waiting room or whatever. Um, people milling around and then you see a glass wall and it looks like it has uh some sort of dandelion-esque i mean it's like weeds flower yeah ish yeah but i think it's to rep i think they're trying to reference dandelions again yeah probably um they're not going to explicitly put dandelions on the no but to be <laughs> honest to be honest though that the structure of that flower looked more yeah. like Queen Anne's Lace or something like that, but... Okay, I don't know flower talk, so... (laughs) Okay, well, I'll take your judgment. But I'm going to assume that they were just visually like, this is as close as we can get to making it look like dandelions. A reference, yeah. So we're going to do that. And by the way, just dandelions again. If if we've forgotten about the dandelion issue on the show, Amaya's blowing dandelions, Mm -hmm. the moon ones, Mm -hmm. the moon globy ones. Yeah. And, you know... And bubbles. She likes blowing things. And bubbles, but specifically, like, dandelions have two phases of life. Yeah, it's kind of weird, man. They're... They're very simple. They're very interesting, actually, because one is a sun, one is a moon. It's a binary. That's true. Um, Mm. Oh, is that what you call it? Moon? I never caught on to that. Yeah, the yellow ones are the suns and the... Did I teach you nothing as a mom uh, when you were five years old? Other than I don't know, look bro. Look at the suns and the moons. That's cool, though. Oh, do you yeah. know what the flowers are in that bouquet that Kenton I do. <laughs> okay. Sort of. That's a t- I think they're a type of mum, but they're globe <laughs> mums. Yeah, okay, okay. So they're round. Yeah. Because God forbid we have anything on this show that doesn't- Why is everything round? Look like a circle or, or square. a- square. Or a one or a square. <laughs> Uh, but I that's mean, why we love it. It's kind of how we live in the, our universe, too. Like, look behind you. Squares. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so, anyway, the flowers are from Kenton, which... It's weird. That guy sucks. It's weird. With this doesn't say get well soon. Ugh, he's such a jerk. Bruh. <laughs> so then we get a blurry... What starts as a blurry 
picture of Lily's face, again, half her face on a pillow, but you noted it's... It's the opposite side of her face from the beginning montage in episode three. I don't remember. It's not going to be episode four because that's the one with the fizzy TV that starts off. That's true. Episode three. It is the it is the opposite side of her face. It's episode sure. three. I'm pretty sure. Um, <clears throat> and it's blurry, like I said. So she's not looking. She's not looking good. Mm-mm. She's looking real drugged. <laughs> yes. Um, but then this is my favorite part of the montage. Mm-hmm. We cut to Lily's apartment, and we see our old friend Sergey. Yeah chilling on the sofa Mm -hmm. and then lily walks into the room and they have a kiss Mm -hmm. and she leaves the apartment and then this is all as the music's playing this is all as jesus or not jesus wept oh i wept is playing Mm -hmm. um then we see a a a new lily and we can tell it's a new lily because she has different clothes on Mm -hmm. come in and walk come in through the door and she goes to the table and who's sitting there Jamie. The boy. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um and there's a new Sergey sitting next to him at the table. Yeah, there is. But anyway, Lily comes in and kisses Jamie and then she goes across to her little writing desk and she sits also, down. Also, that's our first time seeing that between those two, right? This is the first time we see any kissing happening between them? Any Yeah, anything mm, romantic weird. between them. Okay. So now we have multiple Jamie, multiple Sergeys, multiple Lilies, all sitting in the same room, and then a Jamie. Mm-hmm. But then the camera, this is cool. The camera like <laughs> yeah, it's very good pans around mm-hmm. the corner, and you see there was a Jamie the whole time sitting in the opposite corner of the couch from that original Sergey. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not looking too happy, and I'm sad for him. <laughs> I don't like it when Jamie's not happy. He's looking broody. I'm, I don't like it. <laughs> and so um, I think at that point, another a new Lily walks in, sits down on the couch next to the sad Jamie, and she and Jamie have an interaction. So they are in the same reality. And he tries to hold her hand, and she, like, pulls her hand away. It's so weird. They're not having a happy day. So here's the question I have. At this point, we realize that there are obviously multiple realities playing out in one scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that at this point. Yes. It's interesting because it's very hard to actually tell if it's like multiple realities or if these are actually the sequence of events that occurred between those two. Because we know that, you know, like Jamie and her had a relationship. Yeah. So, but we know it went bad. Yeah. So we see that. Like, first she kisses him, then the next time we see her with him, she's, like, obviously upset about something. Yes. And then the next time I think we see them... Mm. They're not... There's one happy Jamie in this entire montage, and it was the one that got kissed. The rest of them are sad. Right, so what I'm saying is it's almost like you're seeing a progression of both of their stories. Yeah, but there's... I I think... But that's But the, the thing. point is that it's all being seen at the same time, I, I think. I totally read it a different way entirely i know how you read it i'm just saying a different perspective i just realized because you could look at it that way too that's why this episode is the best because oh potentially anything going on in this episode any that any of these projections could be our reality reality could be another reality could be any could be anything who even knows 
Okay, I just noticed something. Okay, so we're, we're trying a little differently today, fellas. We're, we're trying to do... Um, I have my laptop out across from the table from our laptop that's recording. And what I'm doing is I have, you know, the episode playing in my headphones. I'm watching the montage right now. And so look, Mom, really quick. So, like, there's this, there's this lamp. Yes. <laughs> Stupid. I have, I have a point. There's this lamp that, like, once the camera kind of, you know, he's, like, kind of a... This, it's above him. Yeah. Sergey. That lamp, I swear to God, is the same lamp in Kenton's office. Yes. Tell me I'm wrong. It's (laughs) the same color. I think it is. I think it is. Hmm. So that's the yeah, a little bit of an Easter egg. Yeah. Also, we didn't talk about the poster. There's a poster in the on the back wall, the far the farthest right wall. It's above the the couch. Yeah, it's above the couch, and it's one of those. That poster's not there in any scene yeah, we've ever seen before. It's definitely only there to make a point <laughs> for the audience, you know. I think the point is many worlds. Yeah. Well, in some realities, it's paradox. That lamp is in Kenton's office. In some realities, that lamp is in Lily's apartment. Yeah, that makes me think how many of these things are like actually. But then again, they could have redecorated. <laughs> I guess. No, but I'm just saying the po- so for all you are interested, the poster that I'm talking about, there's actually two posters, it looks like, maybe three. I can't really see those other ones. The one I'm talking about is the one with, like, the beige thing that's hanging from, a like, a hook in the wall, and it has, you know, I forget what those illusions are called. It's an illusion. and It looks like popsicle sticks to me. Okay, whatever. <laughs> sure, fine. That's what they look like. <laughs> okay. But the point is, like, if you try starting from one of those objects and you move along a line, you get confused as to, like... Mm-hmm. How it works in the macro. It's kind of an M.C. Escher um Exactly, yes. I, it, this probably is M.C. Escher, I, I would Maybe. bet. Um, it looks a little pl- plain to be M.C. Escher, because his, his, his yeah, work was stri- always like extravagant and very, very detailed. True, but, anyways. but obviously it's, you know, me- there's a metaphor to that in the fact that it's an illusion. And on the, on the micro level, if you kind of like follow one of them, you can follow it to the other side. But if you focus out and you look at it, it's like, how does that actually... How can that exist? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How is that? How could that exist in a physical plane? I guess is what I'm saying. Um, is that kind of on the right page? What's going on here? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's Representative I think it's another, of something. I think it's another reference to uh, tram lines okay. possibly being not all there is, perhaps. You can't follow that path mm. to its end. It's a loop. That's fair. Uh, anyway, it's trippy though. <laughs> I, it, the whole this whole like, montage is so trippy. Okay. So then, an, I think another Lily walks in. She goes to the window. Um, the desk Lily goes to sit down on the sofa. Uh, yeah. And I am probably reading way too much into this. I've already asked. Kyle. <laughs> he thinks I'm crazy, and I think he thinks I'm a little crazy. A little. That's um, fine. Oh, let's finish the montage, though. So it cuts yeah. to the bedroom eventually. You get the idea. There's all these different realities playing out, mm-hmm. in my opinion. That's mm-hmm. what's happening here. It's a representative of the many worlds theory that um, Lyndon proposed in episode four. So you cut to the bedroom. You see you see a glimpse of a lily in the bathroom brushing her teeth. <laughs> yep. But really, we follow a different lily into the bedroom who gets in bed with Sergey and they seem to be happy. Look at his leg. It is bent also, Colin, by oh, the way. Oh, it is. It um, is bent. <laughs> it is bent. Uh, sad Jamie looking out the window. 
you know, very much like Lily always does. The camera comes around very slowly. Sad Jamie sitting in a chair with his arm bent yep. in a triangular position. Really sad Jamie packed his bags and leaving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then it comes around and you can see the sad Jamie in the chair with his arm bent like a triangle. And you see the sad Lily sitting at the table with her arm bent like, like the, a triangle. It's exactly So the same how looking. many bent appendages like triangles are in that montage? Four, Lily's legs on the couch. Four. Five. Jamie's arm on the couch. Five, yeah. Jamie's arm in the chair. Sergey's leg in the bed. Lily's Lily arm at the table. Yeah. Five. Yeah. It's cool. I mean... I'm crazy. But what, if, but, but what if they're just chilling? <laughs> you know? But what, what if they made that call? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This seems... It's tricky. This would have had to be directed... I know. So carefully. I know. And edited very carefully. And we know this guy is down to the microscopic level, <laughs> detail-oriented... Yeah, man. ...in his metaphors and stuff. Yep. What does a triangle represent? It can represent a lot of things. Man, you're really getting you're really getting to the point here. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> a triangle to me, I guess because I like science, mm-hmm. represents delta, which means change in physics and math and stuff. It also can represent the symbol for a major chord in music, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. Did it's not used know in that. jazz notation sometimes. What's a minor chord? Um a minus sign. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. Um, and you know what? We've seen the pyramids also. We saw the pyramids last episode. That That's was in true. the historical montage. But they weren't completed. They weren't. And then a, a pyramid also represents um, power. Uh, yeah. Just Divine symbolically. Power, kind of. Because the point is, I believe the point of a pyramid is that the pyramids allow for the gods to walk down onto earth to retrieve the body and bring it up the soul and bring it up i think that's why mm. they built the pyramids why they're so massive to be honest hmm. it's also obviously a sign of wealth they kind of threw those two things in together but yeah but uh, just a thought it or it was the aliens we, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying anyway we and you see a lot of um pyramid not pyramids triangles in Star Wars, quite frankly. Oh. Okay, man. By the way, we haven't. I, I, God forbid, okay, I don't plug our bro. other podcast, Unknown Regions podcast. If you like Star Wars, mm-hmm. we haven't been over there in a while because we've been concentrating on this project. But yeah, um, yeah. My anyway. mom has a mug with multiple Star Wars lightsaber hilts. My mug has star uh, lightsaber hilts on it. It's cool. Right now, all kinds of them. Yeah. <laughs> there's Luke's. There's Yoda's. Anyways, Yoda's um, is really small. Anyway, an upright triangle with the point pointing up means power. Yeah. A flipped up di- I, upside down one, not so much, but also it's represents also, the no. feminine. The upside down one? Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. Cause... Oh, <laughs> I see what you mean. I, okay, I just, you know, I, I've ima- I more typically imagine the diamond itself is like a... Mm. Well, it's made out of two pyramids. Hey. Uh, yeah. I guess. Anyways, anyways, I'm probably way crazy, but you will see later that appendage bent into a triangle shape comes back in another part of this episode. Okay. Oh, is this the... 
Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 just, just no, no. Is this the go. is this the one? No. The one. No, it's not. Okay. So don't say anything. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm just saying. Hey, I'll... ma'am. We if this episode's gonna be three hours, we need to give them some intention and some motive to listen to these three hours. So big, I'm getting them hyped. Okay. Big, I'm sorry. Big things are happening in this episode. Big things. Yeah. And some of it is very symbolic and metaphorical, and maybe you didn't catch it, and maybe we didn't either. Sure. Um, but let's just keep going. So that is my favorite montage, I think, in the whole show. Um, okay. So immediate, like, okay, title card, cold, hard cut Yep. to poor Jamie with mm-hmm. his face being forced into a tub of water, struggling not to drown. Which is, like, it's interesting that the song was called... So, obviously, I'm just listening to it now, and the music, like, stops. Mm-hmm. It goes through the title card. Yeah. And then it stops on his face and in the water. And all you hear is him struggling, and it's... Yeah, like, which gross. is kind of interesting, because, like, again, biblically, biblically mm-hmm. um, baptism is obviously something... Um, but yep. this is, like... An, and honestly, I've thought about this beyond this show, like, how water is, like... A deadly thing but it's also the life-giving thing mm-hmm. and so like this is maybe i don't know like the music and then the you know well the fact that his face is being th- aggressively put in water instead of it being blessed and it's called oh i wept it's like interesting and coming from kenton who represents everything horrible and evil yeah. in this show mm-hmm. uh water is not going to be a blessing <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> it's going to be bad um, anyway, so then he picks his head up and then continue. Uh, so Kenton gets a real good monologue in this episode. Yeah. So good about how he used to be in the CIA and, um, you Which know. Which explains he, his weird conversation that he had with that business dude when they, when the government, yes, when the senator it does. came in. Yeah. It does. It explains that he was at one time working for the government and he was stationed, um, I think he says Hong Kong, right? Wasn't he in Hong Kong? Stationed in Hong Kong? Um, yes. Anyway, he also says something about this. I have this situation, and um, it's trying to get out of control, and it's cascading. I like the word cascading. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, But he's not going to let it get out of control. And then he starts talking about how he used to work in Hong Kong. He used to work for the CIA, and they were all America. Um, and how the 21st century is going to be America's century. Yeah. Because the 20th century was all about world wars and yada yada. Um, yeah. And so then he starts talking about in um, China, in Beijing, when they the students, you know, had a rebellion and an uprising. Mm-hmm. And the Chinese government absolutely crushed them. Yeah. And just... Had you know pulled no punches, killed whoever they had to kill, made yep. a demonstration of the whole thing about how powerful they were, and they were not going to be, you know, uh, taken down. And then it ended up being the Chinese century instead of the American. Yeah, century. that's a good line. And I don't think I've ever heard the century referred to as the Chinese century, which is a very interesting stylized choice on his part, the writer. Yeah, I just think it's this whole monologue is just weird in the place of devs. It's all about, like, sci-fi and, like, technology and religion. And then he has this very down-to-earth 
the only down-to-earth conversation, it seems, in this whole show, besides the senator. And I think I know why. Well, sure. I think I know why they put this in there. Because as I'm watching this show, I'm like, what is his deal? Yeah, like, why does why he, is he working for him? Why, why does he was, care? Yeah, man. So I, much. I agree. Why is he doing all of this? He's murdering people. He's going out of his way to terrorize people and kidnap them and doing all this stuff. And like, yeah, I'm sure he's getting paid. But still, he, he seems extremely motivated. And so I think this whole speech is telling us that is his motivation. He's all about America. And he does not like that it's the Chinese century and he wants it to be the American century. Mm-hmm. And so... That's why he's doing this, because he sees that what force is going to be capable of and we'll make it the American to make century. it, it mm. look how powerful this technology is. And it's American technology. I didn't think of that. And I think that's what maybe the subtext of this whole thing is, is like, oh, that's Kenton's motivation. That's that's why he's doing this. I didn't think of that. Do you agree? Disagree? I do agree. Because, like, there has to be something, you know, motivating him. And this is what we get. So, like... Yeah. This is... How big, are we supposed to interpret this? This is a big moment. And there's also not, like, a moment after the monologue where he's like, that's why I'm doing this, if you were wondering, type of thing. Right. He just starts to be like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna deliver it to you straight. Like, you're going to tell me what I want to know. <laughs> like, right after this weird monologue, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. And, and that then, puts it in perspective. But then sure. later on, he tells, he tells Katie and Forrest, I'm not going to jail for you. Like... Yeah. There's a limit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a limit. He even, he has a limit. Yep. And self-preservation really is the top motivator, even though this was probably his motivation um, leading up to this point was because he wanted America to come out on top. But anyway. Um, There's also music here, by the way. Oh, really? What kind of music? I didn't it's like know- a swelling pitch, and then it goes down a minor second back to nothing. It's like kind of like a Jaws type of vibe. Oh, but it's like a synthy thing. And there's Alan Glocken. They which use we a lot. Of, I, think, I feel like they use a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. But the other interesting thing, um, he takes that green towel mm-hmm. that stands out like a sore thumb in this all white bathroom. Mm-hmm. The dark green that matches his walls. Yeah. Good job, Jamie, matching your towels to your paint. <laughs> Good job. I was gonna say though, it's actually a nice bathroom. But he takes the towel and he wipes Jamie's face with it. Yeah, it's cool. Before, like, after he's tried to drown him, before he really, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> before he starts his monologue, yeah, there's a wiping of the face. It's cool. Which we've, they've touched on that action. Uh, again, it's like to me a we've reference. We've talked about that. Yeah, to me it's a reference of Veronica wiping the face of Jesus and on the way to the crucifixion, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so to me, I don't know. It was just a nice little piece of business mm-hmm. in this scene that I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's a very interesting set, to be honest. Okay. Are so we done talking now, about Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, he gets up and leaves. So Kenton leaves, and Jamie is, uh, oh, yeah, he breaks his fingers, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that's not his. His gaming fingers. <laughs> I don't think they are, actually. I think it was his ring finger, which, like, no one ever uses. I think it was these, like, his two middle ones. Oh, it's two? I think. I think it was more than one. I, let's not watch it, though, because it upsets me. All right. But this is when we realize it cuts to Katie. 
she has been watching all of this up until this point on the projection screen. Yep. So now that they have the capability of seeing very clear images and 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 sound, mm-hmm. she is having herself a little movie night. <laughs> yeah. Sitting yeah. in the projection room by herself watching Jamie get the shit kicked out of him, which isn't very nice. What but... do you think about that brick wall, by the way? It's weirdly there. It's weirdly it's present. Tile. Right, but it's like it Bad looks but tile. like okay, I guess it's rectangles. I just feel I I'm Symmetry. super interested in the fact that his entire bathroom is white. Yeah. Floor, walls, fixtures, everything. The only thing that's not are these dark green towels that we see in the last episode too, like as Kenton and I thought he was killing him mm-hmm. at the end of episode. No, but we four. see it in the shot. Yeah, you see this green towel in the shot, which green, greens, mm. greens, nothing but green. Green, ooh, <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> we watched. A, well, I watched a song oh, yeah. concert last night, which was amazing. Yep. And uh, NPH did the witches rap from Into the Woods, which starts greens, greens, nothing. But All right, green. we got stuff talking about. Okay. Okay. So she changes the channel from him. She changes the channel. It fizzes out. Um, That's funny. She changes the channel. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then we get what seems to be... We don't know who that is. Yes, we Just, do. Do we know, like, automatically? Well, he calls her by name. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we get, we get transitioned to this scene between this girl and... It's little Lily. Little Lily, yeah, and um, her father at a table, and they're playing Go, right? So you want to take it away, talk about this? And they're sitting in front of large windows. They are, yeah. True. Which is a choice. But yeah, take it, talk about your notes. And I, want, I just want to say, too, she says that her father died when she was 10. She looks a lot older than 10 yeah. in this. Like, I would say 14, even. That might just be casting... Maybe. Mistake. She looks really tall. Like, that's what I'm saying. It may be a casting thing, but it also may be that this is a reality that, never actually that Lily doesn't know about. Whoa. That's the thing about this episode. None of this might... <laughs> it could be what all these characters know, experience, but it might be another world that they didn't experience. Who knows? Interesting I don't thought. know. I didn't think of that. That's why <laughs> That's this, like... whole, this, mess, this whole episode messes with my head. So what's the point of talking about it then if none of it's real? I don't know. Decoding devs canceled? Either either they just couldn't find a 10-year-old Asian girl to cast. or That could be true. Or they purposefully picked someone older than 10. Who knows? Yeah, anyway, who knows? Um, just keep that in mind right. <laughs> for the rest of this episode. This might all be not real. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're playing a game called Go, which I don't know how to play, but now after Knives Out and after this show referenced it and I've read a little about it, I really want to learn how to play it. Um, but anyway, they're playing this game. She's playing with her dad. Uh, and he, she makes a move on the board and he says, how many moves ahead are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And she says, Three. And he says, why did you do that? And he's, she, Lily says, because it's a strong move. And her dad says, yes, it is. And he smiles at her. Nice. <laughs> Dubs. <laughs> so um, I, this scene is serving a couple of purposes mm-hmm. in that it's showing that Lily has always been 
able to strategize. Yeah. It's a talent that she has. And she thinks outside the box. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a pun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> True. But she does. And it also shows a nice little bit of how she had a nice relationship with her dad. Um, and then the game of Go itself. Like I said, I don't play, but mm-hmm. I looked it up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And it is a game for two players. It's binary in that, you know, two two opponents. One plays the white pieces. The other plays the black pieces. Mm-hmm. And the point is to surround um, more territory than your opponent in, you know, like surround their pieces with your pieces. Yep. So in other words, box them in. It's kind of weird. It's a weird principle for a game, (laughs) to be honest. But it's just very interesting. Like I said, we need to get a game board. I want to learn how to play. We're in quarantine. What else do we have to do? I suppose. Um, But it is a 2,500 year old game um, from China. And it's it is very simple yet very complex. The uh, number yeah, of legal board positions are I'm, I got this from the okay. website. The number of legal board positions is calculated to be around two times ten to the hundred and seventieth power. That's what? Mm. <laughs> Which they claim is greater than the number of atoms in the universe. Which is 10 to the 80th power. Wait, so... About. Wait, what is this? Oh, this is how many different configurations of board can have yes. by the end. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, for sure. And so um, it liter- huh. literally translates to board game of surrounding or encircling game. That's cool. <laughs> Go? Go. That's it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, the word... It came from another word, which came I'm from sure another it word. It like seems was, really abbreviated. There was a whole etymology of why it's called just go now but that's cool man anyway we need to play this game I really yeah delaney would like this game my sister she would like um it. but she's it's, into the mancala it's interesting though because again it was in knives out which is a great movie if you haven't seen it true, true. and even in that movie i was like why aren't they just playing chess that's like this that's the typical symbol of strategy you true. know yeah I don't know. Maybe I didn't think it was too weird because we had just seen it in like an acclaimed film. So I was like, well, okay. So I guess that's the thing now. <laughs> Go. <laughs> and in Lost. That was backgammon. Oh, yeah. But they were using... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Same thing, though. And Yeah, kind of. One is white. One is dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Locke. Shout out. Woohoo. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's that's all learn how to play Go because it's obviously looks really cool. Looks cool. Uh, okay. So then it cuts to the core, the machine core yep. at devs again, which is whirring and changing colors and it's gold and it's white and it's, it's white, red, which is not too often the case. So it's almost like it's, it's showing us like, oh, but it changes though. Oh, and that thing is spinning. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I still can't understand what the title card of devs, like what is that blurry <laughs> in the background? It's driving me nuts. I want to know. I assume it's part of the core, but you never really see a piece like that spinning like that. Anyway. I have no clue what it is. I've been thinking about it. Okay. No clue. So Katie changes the channel again. Mm-hmm. And now we see adult Lily through yep. a window with trees also reflected in the window. And she's at work at Amaya and she's sitting at a table Looks like in the cafe, maybe. Looking kind of distraught. She looks a little sad. 
and um what's his name sergey oh <laughs> i forgot his name already sergey's out jamie is in okay jamie's yep. the guy and he's wearing these weird circular glasses with a weird golden hoodie and it looks very different than his original fashion that we've been yeah seeing. his harry potter glasses for sure yeah i don't know what's up with that and his laptop stickers. I've been meaning to like look at the laptop stickers. I can't tell. I've tried, but you know, there's like a diamond one, and there's one with like four people. It looks like on a stop sign, and then there's one with just a letter Q in a triangle. It's yeah, just like really I've looked at them, and I don't. I couldn't really make make anything of them. Okay. Other than it's a lot of shapes. Yeah, it is a lot of shapes. We got a lot of circles, a lot of triangles, hollow circle. We have a um, an octagon, which is different. Honestly, we haven't yeah. been seeing a lot of octagons. No, haven't at all. Yeah, I um, know, just a thought. And he just does not seem like a cover your laptop with a bunch of stickers <laughs> type of a guy, does he? Yeah, true. <laughs> and why are there <laughs> like a lot of them like on the bottom? Like it looks like he's trying to hide something, you know? <laughs> it's I don't know because like at the top there's well, none. He is kind. Of, he is trying to hide. It's something. very cluttered. I don't know. What's up? Yeah, I to me it's funny that. You know, he's not in high school. <laughs> yeah. Why is he putting all these stickers all over his laptop? Yeah. But yeah, the gold hoodie is interesting because we just don't see that color anywhere but inside devs. True. True. And like he's destined to go there. He's destined to go there. And that... Tram lines. Tram lines. Bars. Yeah. Anyway, he and Lily, he's all like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong, baby? <laughs> you having a bad day? BB. Um... He's trying they, to pick her up, bro. Is he? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just joking. Maybe he is. I mean, I I feel like he, he genuinely... He doesn't look like he is. He looks like he's actually trying to help. Yeah, he does look like... Throughout this whole thing, it seems like he has genuine feelings for her. Like the other spy said. But yep. anyway, um, he's asking, Anton. are you okay? And she's like, nothing serious. No one died. True. <laughs> um, Which is funny. And yeah. then... <laughs> Um, oh, by the way, Amaya's in the background. You can see her, Always. the triple screen. That's the triple screen from the beginning of the show. Yeah, that's where it is. It's in the cafe. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, they, she said, he says, you broke up with someone, didn't you? And that counts as serious. And she says, it is what it is. <laughs> yes. And, uh, or no, she, he says it is what it is. He's just not the right guy, I guess, or whatever. And mm -hmm. she's like, "That's blunt." Also, on the window that she, they're that uh, Lily's facing, there's like a bunch of green cubes lining yes. Yes. with some triangles thrown in. Those that pattern is all over the place as well. Those those little broken up. It looks like something's been pixelized or something. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like bits or something. Anyway, he says it is what it is. Uh, he just wasn't the right guy. And oh, it does look like pixels. Yeah, and mm. she's like, rude much? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she says that that was blunt, and he's like, no, no, actually, I'm in the same boat. Um, I say things like that because uh, to seem ag aggressive so I don't feel like a punching bag. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, trying to relate to her through the fact that he also broke up. Yep. And she's like, yeah, Some you know what? high school stuff. Get You're this right. off my screen, bruh. I, I'm just kidding. I know. I'm kidding. It's backstory. I know. It's I'm kidding. It's good to know. I'm joking. Um, So they're relating to one another. And then they make some jokes about 
dating on Tinder. <laughs> and, you know, basically it's a it's a meet oh, cute. You know what's interesting? So when he's when he's explaining why he said it is what it is and he starts talking about, well, maybe yeah, maybe I said that cuz I like to be assertive. And he said something else. Sorry, I'm I'm watching the scene as we go along here. I say things like it is what it is because it makes me feel like I am assertive instead of being a And then bit. he's yeah, sitting on punch bit. His name is Sergey Pavlov. <laughs> Why he be I mean I know that's more like a Freud thing to like psychoanalyze yourself and but that's still like I don't know. I don't know. Like we all know Pavlov. I that I feel like the fact that his last name is Pavlov is super important. We really haven't touched on it too much. We really haven't. I'll quickly explain. I would like to quickly explain if that's okay. Were you on were you on a train of thought? That I'm disrupting no, immensely. But really make it quick. It is quick. So he um Ivan Pavlov was a Russian psycho- behavioral psychologist who was interested in how behavior could be influenced, essentially, in people. And in order to test that, um, he actually I don't think he ever got around to actually doing it with people, but he tested it, his famous dog test experiment, dog conditioning, um, where he took a dog and he like trained trained it um, somewhat subconsciously, I think, I guess to salivate at the sound of a bell instead of the sound of, instead of like the smell of meat um do, do an integral process that i'm not going to explain no it is important that's part of the that's part of the thing he would ring the bell and then he would oh. give the food every time over and over again over and over again so and then at some, some point, point he introduces the component of the no wait no yeah so he would i believe he would feed him the dog and then would ring the bell so that's the he the dog would already be salivating and then he would be fed and then bell rings. Okay, I don't remember which way it was, but the point is the point is he trained it. You the know, bell to substitute the real thing. The bell would get the dog to salivate whether he had food or not. Yeah, so, that was his like major forthcoming in his field. Uh, behavioral conditioning. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, classical conditioning. Is so what it's oh as, but, oh classical. Okay, mm-hmm. so how does that relate to him? Um, yeah. I mean, that line is pretty, like, psychoanalytical, which is, I don't know, just thought. But, um... Is Lily the meat or the bell? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, but I think it has to do, I think it has to do with tram lines, because... It's, like, disrupting the tram line. Almost. I don't think it's disrupting the tram well, line. Well, no, no, I no. think it's... Okay, what I'm it saying... It is the tram line. Okay, okay. Like for all this, all this time you thought, no, no, that you're going to, no, that you're going to react the same way. Anyway. Yeah. You're going to react the same way. Every time you hear that bell, whether there's meat there or not, that's what you've been taught. That's what you've learned. I mean, there's also the fact that he's a spy in this scene, which is, you know, there's double speak happening. There's, I mean, there's like two things carrying out at the same time which is paradoxical in nature. The whole like idea of being able to condition a dog to salivate to a bell is kind of like like you like the like the the behavior of salivating in that case is almost like a two-way street. You know what I mean? Like multiple things can make it happen, but it's still the same emotional response. It's still the same reaction, you know? Yeah. From a different cause. So you know how like I don't know, Katie was talking about in an earlier episode cause precedes effect. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Like, that's just the way nature is. Mm-hmm. 
That's a tram line. It's an. Oh, yeah, I am not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, from my perspective, what I meant to say was that um, multiple causes can create the same effect. That's my point. That was kind of like a big okay. revelation. At the I see time. what you're saying. And we see how that plays out in the show. But anyway, you can, you can continue. I think that's, that's the point, to be honest. For me, that helps me understand. But And the fact that he's going to end up at Dove's because he's wearing that gold sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's wearing the gold it sweatshirt. It doesn't want... <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's like that's symbolizing the fact that he's going to end up dead. Yeah. Because that's his tramline. Sure. It is. Possibly, maybe. Well, it is. If you believe Forrest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you buy into his philosophy. Okay. Yep. So. Oh, she um, says Christ, by the way. She does. <laughs> In this conversation. She does. It's funny. Uh, okay. So the next scene, it cuts to. Are we gonna? Are we just gonna stop talking about their conversation? I feel yeah. like they go on. Eh, it's. Banter. You consider it banter? I consider it a meet cute and like. They're just showing us like, okay, they did start out. It seems they were homies, genuinely. Man. They were homies. Yeah. It seems it was like it was a genuine attraction, and they're flirting oh. and cute. Also, I just noticed the cl- the clothing that Lily's wearing is like all this like speckled gray. Yeah, which kind of looks like the white noise stuff. It does. That's cool. You know what? I wrote that down. I, I think. And Come I on, didn't, man. I didn't. I my eyes didn't find it when I was reading my notes just now. When you need to take notes because you don't know the show. I did take notes. Just kidding. But it's an interesting outfit in that we never really see her in anything that blah and boring. Never. We again. see white, but that's the closest we normally get to. I don't consider blah. white blonde boring. I consider it totally symbolic. Later. I, I suppose. But anyway, um. The image dissipates and then it refocuses on oh sad Jamie. That's true. Ooh. Looking at Lily's face, fake Facebook. It's clearly supposed to be Facebook, and all her pictures with, with this gaming day. laptop, Alienware. It's a gaming <laughs> laptop. I will say too that look like, at him. He's miserable. He's so sad. That's his woman. <laughs> and he yeah. slowly closes his laptop and he's just like. <laughs> lays back look at him he's all in the dark it's nighttime. oh look at his legs they are bent in triangular shapes okay his arms. his arms <laughs> <laughs> okay so cold More cut triangles with the body cold cut no fading to lily and sergey in... oh please tell me you looked up what this speech is yes okay. i did God. i was about to be so mad at you if no you i did <laughs> um they're in bed and they're watching a movie on the laptop oh it's a movie it's a movie. Of course. What, what I mean. It's called The Third Man. Cool. And I think the theme music for that was like, one, either my mom or my dad loved that song. Oh. That's neither here nor there. Just, I know that movie. I've seen it. It was just a million years ago. It's an Orson Welles movie. Oh, and, of course um, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's probably really good. Um, but the lines in the movie are talking about basically dots dots but the dots are people they're like they are up high and they're looking down at a carnival oh and so the dots okay, that the guys yeah the, <laughs> the dots the guy is referencing people. Yeah. are people and he's basically saying um how many lives are you willing to to take for this money i don't know what the context in the story yeah, is but but it's about, you know, collateral damage. How many lives are are you willing to, to lose for this amount of money that you could possibly be getting for whatever the 
whatever the thing, whatever the story is. Right. Which obviously plays along with, um, you know, forest and how <laughs> is it worth it? Like all of this damage that you're causing, is it really worth mm. what you're trying to do? Mm. I think is what the point is. But anyway, that's the subtext of the scene. The text of the scene is Sergey <laughs> says, I'm in I love, love you, with you. <laughs> I love you, Lily. Yeah, okay. And, that. We don't um, need to watch this scene. We're skipping this. No, her shirt, though. <laughs> I know. Her shirt's okay, her real shirt's... interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. It's like a rugby shirt, but not. It's a long sleeve t shirt, and it has all these really bold stripes on it. And of course, what? it's Roy G. Biv. It's RBG. All the stripes. Well, and one. It's Roy G. Biv. Okay. Do you know what that is? Yes. <laughs> okay. Maybe I should explain to people who don't understand. Uh, rainbow colors or prism colors. Uh, okay. So basically, a really short explanation. Roy G. Biv is an abbreviation that a lot of high schools use, I guess. These, it's this, not, uh, though. Green on is. top. What are you talking about? Red. Red and orange are kind of like, you know. Green yellow, is on top, though. G. Biv. What do you mean? It goes up. That's green. Okay, I know, but I'm, I'm I'm just focusing on the middle of her shirt. Okay, well. Maybe the fact that green is outside is an important I'm factor. I'm just saying but... it's a majority of green. Okay, it is. I, I will agree. But, but there's also red and there's also blue. Yeah. Because RBG. But there RBG is bit. one tiny little stripe of yellow. There is. <laughs> yeah. Smushed in between all the rest of the colors. Mm-hmm. Anyway. More color theory, I'm sure. Yeah, um, people are bored of it. Um, well, it's cool though that he has a completely white shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he says I love you, and then goes through all She's her. She's like, off. "Wow, you're just genuinely awesome. You're funny, and you're clever, and you're creative, and you're this, and you're that." And he seems very genuine about it. It's not like he's playing her or anything. Um, and I think she says. Well, guess what? I love you, too. <laughs> Hooray! We're in love. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, though. Why would he do this if he was on duty as a spy? Because I think that other spy was like, hey, I have a whole life. Nobody knows what I do. So I he love, thought he could do it? I love my people. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really think... Again, I think the love theme is playing. Like, I think this was a genuine relationship that they had. It wasn't him Is it the love theme? Her. I wrote love theme, so there must have been a love theme. I don't think it is. It's a little, it's similar, but it's a little more victorious than just the love theme. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they hold hands. And then Katie. I should be pretty easy to get rid of, the guy says in the movie. Pretty yeah. easy. <laughs> oh, anyway, Katie. That's just mean, dude. That's just cold. Don't you see? <laughs> and it shows Katie's face right when he says that. And after her... watching Sergey. And she stood by Forrest when... Yeah. And her face is just blank. Scum. No response. Send her to the streets. Get out of here. So then we see, um, like I said, Katie's face with pretty much a blank face. She's not reacting to any of this. And then um, we yes. see the outside of the Dove's Cube. Ooh, here and we then go. <laughs> our favorite scene in the world. Um, gun... Barrier sensor. <laughs> I love this woman. Yeah, she's whoever dope. she is, she's dope. She's amazing. Her delivery is gold. Yes. she probably doesn't even understand anything she's saying too. I mean, she's an actress, but I maybe she does. You know what? But, Dad you know. looked her up. She, oh, okay. I believe she was also an attorney, so she ain't dumb. 
Oh, she's not just a. Okay, well, that wasn't a that wasn't a an effort to be insulting. My apologies. <laughs> um, um, anyway, that's cool. So she's describing what is known as the dual slit experiment. I'll take it from here, Chief. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can keep going. I'm gonna Excuse watch. Excuse me. I've taken physics. I understand. You don't the understand dual a single sli- bit of it, though. Yes, I do. I understand the dual slit experiment, and I will just say um, that it's when I learned row. it, I thought this is not the universe this, is broken <laughs> i must not be understanding this because this can't be true honestly it was one of those moments in school that i'll never forget i was just like wait a minute what what what, what? i don't understand and the teacher was probably like yeah no one does <laughs> it's it's real messed up so go ahead oh am i gonna explain the concept well real quick don't get your textbook out or anything okay your powerpoint so, okay <laughs> So, the as my mom said, gun barrier sensor. That's the comp. That's what you need for for this experiment to be performed. So essentially, what it is is there's this laser gun that shoots a concentrated single beam of photons. It's a very specially designed device, and it shoots a very concentrated beam of photons. And photons are believed to be the particles of light. Like light travels across the room in the form of particles. It's a particle. Let's just leave it at that. Leave it at that for now. <laughs> it gets a little crazier mm-hmm. than that. So in the experiment, essentially the goal of the experimenter is to shoot these photons through these. It's called the, this experiment. Did you mention what the experiment's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I didn't hear if you said, but yeah, it's called the devil slit experiment because these photons are being shot through these slits that are side by side, same dimensions on this piece of, you know, this, this barrier as she refers to it as, um, and then through, it will shine through the slits, just like any light will, through a hole, and land and hit the back, a wall behind it. Sorry, a back wall. Um, and will create some form of propagation showing re- that the light shines through. It records where it hits the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's like any other thing we've seen as people every day. When things block other things, there's no light that gets through. But... Um, no, but I'm the saying idea... the sensor or the... No, no, no. In this case, so I'm explaining this now. There is the component of the sensor. The no, thing no, no, that's no. super I, weird. I misspoke. Not the sensor. I'm just saying that the wall that the light that the photons are hitting makes a pattern so that, that shows you can the light. see where it's hitting yeah, the wall. Sure, sorry. that's the whole point. Yeah, of doing it. Okay, sorry if that wasn't clear. But yeah, that's the premise. But the weirdness comes out when you bring the sensor into play, and what happens is when there's a sensor that is detecting tracking in essence the light as it passes through the double slits um the pattern on the back wall changes just because there's a sensor recording the data um so if there's no sensor it just hits the back wall in two slits because it's shining through those slits you know what i mean no it doesn't. Or is it the opposite? It's the opposite. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. Okay, so if it shines through, it shines through the slits without being recorded by a sensor, it creates this wave propagation, which shows that light in its particulate form is also at the same time in a wave form, which is really interesting alone. Paradox, obviously, because light is two things at once. Um, but when the sensor is incorporated into the experiment and it's recording the tracking of, it's rec- it's tracking the light. It hits the back wall like it's just two slits, and there's no wave propagation. It acts like a particle, in that case. 
that's the paradox that like people are fascinated by. And that's by called with this. superposition. Um, yeah. It okay. it is. I'm not asking. I'm saying it. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Is. I guess like I have an understanding of superposition from the dis- like description of like sound waves. Superposition and oh, sound yeah. waves Don't is get like into your no, 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 but no, 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 for real, voodoo. for real though, we can't say something wrong if it's wrong. But That's disclaimer, not wrong. They... disclaimer. Let me say it. Um, with like other waves, superposition is just the adding on top of waves to create a bigger wave. That's really all it is. I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing with this because they're acting like two completely different things. But um, she literally says it proves the superposition of quantum particles. And that makes us uncomfortable because we're not used to things being in more than one place at the same time. Okay, so yeah, she's talking. Okay, yeah, she talks about about it from a different lens. It conflicts with how we experience the world. And Katie is in this classroom of all red chairs, by the way. Yeah. And looking super bored. Don't even, you know, I don't even know why she's in there. This class clearly is below her pay grade if she's supposed to be the smartest kid in school. Sure. She's checking her watch. She's super bored. Um, but then up up a few rows behind her, you see Forrest, and a woman is with Forrest. And at some point, the woman leans over and whispers to Forrest, uh, like, watch this. I asked the professor to say something that would piss off Katie. <laughs> And so, um, basically, she starts, the professor's talking about this dual split ex- slit experiment, and she starts bringing up possible explanations for superposition of quantum particles and naming off different theories, and she says, basically, but today we're going to talk about the von Neumann-Wigner uh, interpretation and Katie is like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> so clearly this was the antagonism that that lady was talking about. And she does not like this interpretation. Excuse me, I have a cough drop I need to get rid of. You're fine. Okay. Um, so she objects very harshly to talking about this von Neumann-Wigner. <laughs> And um, the professor... Forrest kind of laughs, too. And Forrest like, is... Oh, oh yeah. He's, <laughs> he's very like, oh. amused at her attitude. Touched a nerve. Very amused. And so the um, the professor says, well, what, what do you suggest? And Katie says, the Everett interpretation, which we know from the previous episode of Devs, that is the many worlds interpretation that um, Lyndon uses to fix Devs, basically. And Forrest hates that interpretation because it's many worlds and if it's not our Jesus then it's not his Amaya as he says so interesting that Katie all along backed the Everett interpretation that was her jam yeah even in school uh so hmm that made me real confused I'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute if she's been behind the Everett interpretation all along then what is the deal? Like, why is she going along with with Forrest and his tram lines and everything when she doesn't even believe that? She believes in Everett, which is also cute because that makes a lot of sense as to why she got so happy in the last episode when Lyndon said it's the Everett interpretation. She was probably internally like, yes, I knew it. Like, mm-hmm. I knew it was Everett all along. Um. Okay. 
So now she leaves the, con- the not the concert hall, Got some jams, the uh, lecture hall, and she goes outside, and we see many, many multiple versions of Katie on the steps in front of this building, uh, and we see running through the door while all these other Katies are deciding where to go and what to do. One single forest. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because he believes in tram lines and she believes in many worlds. Yeah. And they're about to have their meet cute and he's going to introduce himself and say, uh, I've heard you're the best and the brightest and I want to pay for your school because I hear you don't have any money and I want to offer you a job after you graduate. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> Which is really funny. I really like their... I like her personality. I think she's a very interesting character. Yeah, she's cool. I don't think she's any kind of a sociopath or anything like that. I just think she's a very science-minded... Yeah. Show me the proof. It's just logic. Show me the study that you did that proves this or that. You know, she's very matter-of-fact. Sure. Can I talk about the music a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Pause um, that, though. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um... Also, sorry, we have this weird thing in our basement that sometimes will, like, click behind us. It's like a pipe in the wall. It's You're the hot water it. heater. I can't do anything about it, so... We'll if you hear a clicking, that's what it is. Um. So, yeah, so the music, it starts right when she walks out of the building, when Katie walks out of the building, and it's kind of cool because it kind of is a very good parallel to what's happening on screen. You know, we have, like, from one Katie, there's, like, a bunch of other Katies who, like, walk out of her body, almost, like, where, where she's standing in our world that we're observing. Um, does that make sense? I think so. And so the music is this female voice. I think it's a female voice. <clears throat> it is. And I actually, I found her name and I oh. didn't write it down cause I'm a dope. Okay. Well, whatever female voice. Um, and it, it's her voice being layered on top of itself multiple times with different pitches. I think it's, I don't want to get this wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a minor second. But again, like a lot of this show isn't consistent of minor seconds and major thirds. That's like a, you know, that's his favorite, I guess. But um, it's cool because, I mean, obviously we see on screen the same thing, the same person represented in different places. We hear the same voice represented over itself different times, Mm -hmm. which is obviously paralleling. But they're each a little different. Like sometimes one will be louder than the other. One will be playing a different pitch than the other. Different syllable, I think. There's a few different syllables. It's cool. It, it like, directly parallels what's it's happening. It's a musical representation of what we're seeing with all those Katies. Yeah. Um, I was going to say one more thing. And the style of the music itself kind of evokes another ligaty type of vibe. Um, it does. It's atmospheres, if any of you check that out. It's very atmospheres. So, um, I also need to backtrack because there's a huge thing of notes that I just totally ran over and didn't oh. even look at that is actually extremely important to the show About as a whole a scene that we've already passed no 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 it's oh. it's in the lecture hall still oh for sure um when Katie and the professor are arguing and um anyway she brings up that von Neumann Wigner mm-hmm. approach and uh Katie's like it's dualist bullshit yeah <laughs> It's cool. Uh, I looked that up. Like, I looked up all these theories. Mm-hmm. They're just 
different theories on how yeah. on on trying to explain the superposition of of quantum particles yep. and how this works. Of course, no one knows for sure, but mm-hmm. still. But anyway, um, the professor starts to after after Katie says. I like the Everett interpretation. The professor's like, ah, Everett. Yeah. And she starts talking about how um, that means that the universe is constantly splitting like the trunk in branches and twigs of an infinitely large tree. And on that tree, all possible worlds exist. Yep. Trees mm-hmm. are everywhere on this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's hard not to see trees in are everywhere in this show. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're seeing trees everywhere. <laughs> Think of our boy Everett. It's Everett. It's the many worlds interpretation being. How did you miss this? I didn't miss anything. <laughs> oh, didn't, no. Didn't you say you just missed this in our conversation? Or do you want to just hurry oh, along? Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like, you're just now figuring this out. I'm no. Like, no, I'm just now bringing it up because yeah. this was the scene in which she talks about a literal tree being a representation of many worlds. Mm -hmm. And so we have both tons of trees in this show and tons of roads. Yep. Both deterministic. Yeah. In different ways. Because Katie even says it's deterministic. It's supported by the math and the experiment. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher says, but it's not supported by the real world. Yeah. Which, you know, guess what? In the universe, who says that matters? Yeah, Because the real world is completely subjective (laughs) per your perception. So, Professor, that's what I would have said before I stormed (laughs) out. I would have been like, big deal. Okay. Anyways. um, So then uh, we get the scene of forest actually telling katie what he's thinking of doing in devs and why he wants her to come work for him yeah and he doesn't specifically say so it's like a weird thing in between them it is a weird thing it's like a little <laughs> yeah. four it looks like four square it's weird yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. totally weird um anyway he basically just says this is uh is it madness is there a world in which it could work and Katie turns her head away and doesn't answer him. Yeah. Because we get her profile, which Alex Garland is obsessed with her profile. Yep. Oh, is this the next part then? We see. Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Here we go, boys. So she changes the channel. The music starts up even before the scene oh, starts. Oh, my Lord. It's cool. This I is the best thing that. in the world. Oh, pause it. Okay. Um, okay. So it defragments and then refragments into this all the golden altar thing that they have in this experiment room Mm -hmm. and you see a bird skull sitting on this highly reflective gold altar table i'm gonna call it an altar because that's what it looks like everything is every object that we would describe is reflected yes upside down so we see a bird skull a clock a flower, which I think is a vanilla flower, because I feel like there's you can mm-hmm. see the bean behind it. A feather, a seashell, and a sugar cube. And then we see our poor little dead mouse. Little boy. In the center of this, quote unquote, altar, which is shaped like a hexagon. <laughs> yeah. And looks from above like a big eye. 
Mm. Or like a big flower. I keep feeling like it's supposed to represent a lotus, possibly. Oh, okay. okay. But it cool. definitely looks like a big eye. And then above it, above this altar, are these six white robotic-looking arms hanging above it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we see this person in a, a lab suit, decontamination suit, putting the dead mouse in the center of this altar table with all these other objects spaced out around it. And, again, there's that crazy vocalization, yep. that cool vocalization music going on uh and then in a very i feel like it's either vertigo or yeah it's that other hitchcock movie it's vertigo (laughs) the light in the room you're looking at the mouse it just turns red like this that saturated red color and uh then the light kind of starts sweeping around and we see the skull (laughs) and we see forest face which is now green green And now the light in the room is green and it's swirling around and you're seeing the objects again and the clock and it's just the it's like, trippiest <laughs> trip in the world. Yeah. Then we get this. But then they're showing us like, okay. So they're working on something. They're working on something. Stuart and uh, I keep wanting to say Lily. Stuart, Katie, Katie and Lyndon are all at little computer monitors and they're getting images of the surrounding objects on their computer screens. Yeah. So it's like they're they're examining them, they're scanning them to see what's happening to these objects as this experiment of some kind is happening inside this room with this red and this blue and this green light. Who is the man? Swirling all around. Who is the man who created that lighting fixture, man? Uh, well, nuts. probably Rob Hardy because he's the... <sighs> cinematographer how do dude <laughs> it is super cool it's crazy it's man. one of my favorite things in all of devs is that yeah little sequence um, also we get the close-up i think we, we get a close one forest's face during the montage it's blue it and then blue. the one intro montage his face is green mm-hmm. which is an interesting i don't know he's playing with these colors man it's like really hard to track why he chooses the colors he does. And then there it's red Yeah, a little bit later. But that's not a close-up. But at the end of the sequence, all the lights turn off, and you, and it's focused on the sugar cube, and it's just normal light when the, when their little experiment is, is over. It is, yeah. Uh, but anyway, these objects are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're like, weird. <laughs> why are we choosing these specific objects? Yep. A bird skull, a bird feather, the shell... We agree is probably a reference to um, uh, Fibonacci. Fib- Fibonacci. Yeah. Because a lot of times you see a seashell used to explain the Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. The clock is probably an obvious reference. You know, they are messing with. They're doing some things out here. Time is supposed to go forward only. Yep. <laughs> That's how we experience it. And yikes, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um. The bird skull, the bird feather, and the the flower. I don't know. I really don't know. I have like, no idea. I've been trying to figure it out. Open to interpretation, I suppose. Well, it's interesting, actually, in that shot. Sorry, we're watching the montage over and over again here. Um, the bird skull shown on its front. From the front, yeah. Not. Mm-hmm. It's not like it rotated. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> it's just a different angle. 
Is it though? Because yes. it's on the edge of the table. How is it like in the like the stuff behind it? I don't know. It's weird to me. We do get two different angles of the bird skull, head on and from the side. Also, it's all so small. Yeah. Why is the clock so small? <laughs> I mean, a bird skull is small. We have a bird. Think about how small his skull is. I guess. <laughs> and um, the sugar cube, I think, is a good, you know, we can probably guess that that's, there's a lot of cubes. There's yep. a lot of cubes and squares. That's easy. That's an easy one. And also sugar, we were discussing just sci- science-wise, sugar is one of the building blocks of of life. You, you need it mm-hmm. for your cells and you need it for structure. Um, but anyway, the whole point of this experiment, it appears, is for them to, they're, they're using this machine, they're using this core machine to make um, simulations and projections. And so they've done that in some capacity and now the three of them are at their their computers checking the structural integrity of the simulation Mm -hmm. to make sure that these objects have been in fact uh kept their their structure and their integrity yeah there's no error pretty simple so then um so that little experiment that they just did worked apparently there's no errors Mm-hmm. In any of their objects. Correct. And um, Stuart even says, this is way better than last time. There's no error packages in the sugar cube. Um, and he goes down to 1.2 times 10 to the 18th power. Mm-hmm. Magnification. Looking at magnification, looking at the sucrose molecules. And, and they like, are perfect. Look at the sucrose molecules. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. My sugar is sweet. <laughs> um, oh, that, and then a little bit of a, hmm, what is this about when Lyndon says, well, I think the mouse is sweet, and he says, the mouse is dead. Oh, is that what, oh, so it's kind of like a, and she says, an opposite to what happens earlier on when he gets on his case about the uh, baby, when he's like, come on, baby, and he's like, he's from the generation who doesn't know. The, the, another jab in the opposite direction this time. Oh, maybe. I'm just projecting. Oh, is he saying that like my work is better than yours though? No, I'm thinking into the future of the show. Oh, what this conversation might indicate. Okay. Well, and he says the mouse is dead and she says, well, he's still sweet. Look at his cute little face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. I think that could mean it could have a meaning in some different ways. One of them being, this is what Forrest is this is the issue mm. like she's yep. dead yep yeah but she's still perfect and she's still sweet okay oh, i see what you're saying and he still wants to bring her back to life all right um but anyways i digress so then i think katie says we can try to extrapolate inwards and forrest is like then do it yeah so they turn it on again the, the core starts to hum again the light in the experiment room um, turns white. I have that written down. Oh, it turns white. I mean, it's oh, white it's right just now. normal light right now. Yeah. Oh, right. She says that when all the light is normal. That's what that. That's why I wrote that down. I worded it weirdly. Oh, Sorry okay. about that. Um, 
But you see the image on the screen that they're watching on the they're on the projection screen, like the 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 normal big projection screen. Mm-hmm. Everything is outlined in green. Um, all the design on the table is outlined in green, so it literally looks like a, a big a big eye on that screen to me, anyway. Um, huh. Or kind of a man- mandala design. Yeah. Which is very interesting. But anyway, they're all staring at this screen, except for Forrest, who is staring at the dead mouse still. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. But they're all, the three of them are staring at the screen and pretty much in awe of the fact that it's working. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you hear this church-like organ music start to play, um, which that's not even subtle. And... <laughs> And Forrest says, silence from the team. Yeah. So it worked. And they're all like, oh, my God, it totally worked. So then I think he says, why don't you keep keep extrapolating? And uh, someone says, outwards. And Lyndon says, yeah, I mean, we're going to run out of memory, but why not? Can't do any, <laughs> can't do any harm, right? Yeah. <laughs> So this is really, this is like another. This is the moment. Ugh, it's so good. Like the music and everything. So they they start extrapolating um, outwards and the simulation starts to, pre, starts to make a, a prediction of what the whole room looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's working and it's just like oozing out kind of like. That's cool. Kind of like, um. I don't know, like a wave almost. It just starts moving outwards. It's oh, pr- it's I didn't notice that the music of this part was the part, uh, the same as the music. Yeah, it's when, the chanting. When uh, Sergey gets to Devs and when... To so, to so much. It's the chanting, This right? is my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite it's really one. Cool. It starts creating the arms above the table it starts creating the floor it starts creating the the walls but the way it does it is weird because it like makes it into like circles first you know the yeah, way it looks true. is weird <laughs> like it's, it's just cool a i mean weird i assume way to represent the room if you're listening to this you've already seen it so yeah. We, oh yeah no... and the hecka backlighting oh yeah when it's showing so angelic stuart and katie and Stuart clearly like, is having reservations at this point. <laughs> He's like, we've gone too far. He looks at Katie with this look of, oh, no. <laughs> because Katie is looking at it just with and the boy. Ju- just this awe and joy on her face, practically. Mm-hmm. Whereas Stuart, who is the, you know, he's the conscience of the show. Yep. Is like okay, this sounded good on paper, but now I'm scared. Yeah, totally. I also think it's it's interesting to think because this is kind of the first scene that we've gotten. I think we had one other scene with all four of them in the same room. Oh yeah, we don't often get all no. of them interacting like that. I, I don't know. It's like it's cool when you see them play out together. Like actually, no, this is the third time we've we've seen them together because the second time. And there's four of them. Mm-hmm. You were literally just talking about revelations. I know. I was about to say. And the four. Why is my point, man? I'm sorry. I was about to say that. So thanks. <laughs> sorry. But there's some. There's two things I want to talk about. So there's that, and then there's also, um, like it's interesting. You said like how 
Um, oh, dang it. Why his name? Stuart. You said he's kind of like the conscience. And Katie's kind of the logic. And I don't know what you could say for... What's his name? Not Linden. for it. Yeah. Lyndon. I don't... The curiosity, maybe? Just like humanity he's desire just, he's like, just very emotional and emotionally very, driven that's true that's very true very excitable and that's true yeah emotionally emotional yeah yeah okay all those things are obviously very human those are the things that make humans human and there's something to be said about how you know i don't want again i don't want to get on a soapbox but this is how i think so i'm going with this deal with it woman so <laughs> sorry uh rude okay okay just just follow me so like with aristotle we talk i I know you know this because i used to i was freaking out about this i had first learned about it last a few quarters ago in school about how he theorized that there were um levels to the soul right kind of aside from religion like just based on nature alone principles of nature um and he reasoned that the three levels were each designating each each level of the soul designated to some characteristics having to do with life. So the first level of the soul was called the plant soul. And the plant soul is basically derived of two characteristics. One, reprodu- reproduction and um, nutrition. That's it. So it's also known as the vegetable soul because it's like what are the basic things you need to stay alive that's what makes you the lowest level of a soul it's mm-hmm. like a plant you know that's why it's called a plant soul because that's the only thing that we know of that has those two and only those two you know okay um think of the dandelion right it sends its seeds off and it eats food to grow that's that's literally what a plant does or a tree or a tree exactly so or a vanilla flower mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so the second level is called sometimes called the animal soul on its basic premise, but it's also called the perceptive soul. That's what is kind of the deal with it is that now incorporate onto the ideas of reproduction and nutrition, incorporate the ideas of emotion and um, survival instinct and, you know, like nervous system responses, like fight or flight type stuff, mm-hmm. like the core to survival, but also thinking knowledge. Not at the level of a human, obviously, but at the level of an animal. You know, n- like animals take care of their children because they love their children. And there's a, ma- a paternal, maternal instinct there that plants don't have, right? That's the next level up. And then the third level is the human level, which is intelligence, being able to act on memories, being able to hold memories at all, actually, for some, uh, at, at some level. Um, being able to have emotional responses and think critically. And that's a big thing thinking critically mm-hmm. it's really what sets apart the human i wish from... more humans um actually did uh, that uh, okay. <laughs> good point um but like that's the defining feature there so th- take those three characters what do we have we have like a conscience mm-hmm. and logic and emotion which are like th- the three and then we have forest which is like i don't know kind well, what's of... the what's the top tier the top level the third level is oh the i human thought there level. were four i thought that was the point no well the fourth one would be divine at that oh point. so it's like these are the hmm. all the souls are being like represented and then we get this soul, literally this as the thing is projecting we're looking at 
forest's face being predicted in this simulation Mm -hmm. as it's predicting everything else around it in the room and it's materializing and he is looking as jesus as he could possibly look (laughs) yeah that's fair so yeah i mean that's cool he's he's look it's it's the face it's the impression of jesus face again yeah we've talked reference yep um but this time but it's on the screen but this time the computer is is creating it simulating Mm -hmm. it predicting it projecting it yeah i don't know it's just i don't know there's something there's it's the fact that there's the three of them and then there's him and that there's so much talk about the bible and you know christianity and there's four horsemen of the apocalypse and like it's just like come on dude this reminds me something too there. there were only four there four were only gospels there's four gospels yeah. true um and they each have different personalities to those four gospels mm-hmm. yeah. but um it reminds me of star trek actually oh because yeah spock kirk spock kirk Sulu. and doc McCoy and yeah okay bones the three there's only that's three but it was the same concept like Gene Roddenberry was like I took the three basic parts of a human yeah. and divided them into mm-hmm. three different individuals on that show and they're all friends yeah and that that's was what the I'm whole point at. that's what I'm getting at yeah okay cool. like it's interesting really cool and really interesting yeah it's a cool way of telling a story I don't know it's like it's like so simple but you can go so far, you know what I mean, with that, yeah. with that idea in mind. But I don't know. That's just a thought. Um, I know there has to be, there has to be some Aristotelian logic in this show. I know we talk about the Bible all the time. Oh, for but sure. Man, the senses and how they're all super like mechanical and not even really divine at all. That's what Aristotle was all about. He mm-hmm. was trying to disprove the gods giving us the senses like he was trying to say it was through our soul and body becoming one that we developed this ability to perceive Mm -hmm. and that's what makes the perceptive soul the human soul is incorporating logic with it's like this cycle Mm -hmm. of cognizance in a way of knowledge that's the key to everything that was like his whole thing it seems to be one of the basic themes of the show that's my yeah of course that's why i'm explaining this. i'm not divine? just talking about aristotle because i like him i'm just that's my point is it divine or is it not divine technology <laughs> mm-hmm. i.e just your body is a, you can look what's at your body difference? as a piece of technology what yeah what's the difference it's a perfect it's not a perfect machine but it's a really complicated elaborate beautifully designed machine but there's also the need to reproduce and the need to be nutritional and the need to feel emotion, have emotion. Like mm-hmm. those are all things that you cannot escape. Right. That a computer does not have in a sense. So we think maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what's being explained in the show, right? Yeah. It's like, how do we get this thing to become real? There's a barrier that you can't define. You know, there's a limit to this stuff. That's what they think right now. You know what I mean? That, I think that's what they're trying to disprove. They're trying there to surpass a... this limit. Yeah. He's all about, to bridge the two worlds in a sense yeah i'm trying to make this real i want to bring her back and this is the only way i can figure out how to do that mm-hmm. and so you guys need to like figure it out yeah for me anyways i could do we we've been talking about sequence. this it is we've been talking about this whole show from the perspective of christianity bruh we should just make a second podcast i would love i only bring up christianity so much because that's, that's my obvious. background yeah and it's obvious to, to me, those connections are blatant in the show. 
but just you, really blatant. I'm sure you could yeah. analyze it in a million different ways. Like from a soul body type of perspective, like Amaya is the soul. He's the body trying to find his, the soul mythology. to become enlightened. And like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, mythology. You could and, pull mythology. You could do a whole thing. I'm not the oh, mythology there, expert. There's definitely mythology that we've talked there's about. There's definitely. Though. We've talked about yes. that. Like, yeah. From my very shallow and limited knowledge bank of that i don't have a ton of knowledge about it like world mythologies i mean i don't mean to be sacrilegious or anything but what is greek mythology on a level of discussion greek mythology is exactly what you know alex garland is doing with these four characters he's taking Mm -hmm. properties of the human essence and designating them to characters for us to talk about I'm sure you know I mean? I'm sure like, it's what all if, there no, I'm just saying like when you look at it from that perspective it's the same exact thing as how a show is put on like this it's like what is Aphrodite Aphrodite explains love what is Athena Athena explains wisdom what is Zeus Zeus explains power you know what I mean fatherhood mm-hmm. Gaia explains the earth Hera explains motherhood and like all that so like all these things were made established maybe as an effort to explain the human consciousness in a sense I guess so it's kind of a, a microcosm. Like, mm-hmm. you could definitely look at it through a mythological A hundred thousand percent. So, but we don't do that because, too much because, um, one, it's like blatant I'm that there lazy, are... The, there, I, <laughs> that okay. would actually take research rather than just my own experience, which I know off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, but that's boring. Like, when you have to do... And that's a lot of work, man, like, to learn... I don't know. There's no reason to do that because it's all the same anyway. Like, what's the point? Well, <laughs> this I This is also maybe a little sacrilegious, According but... to Joseph Campbell, it's literally all the same. Yeah, like, across from the west to the east. It's and like all, all the same. But uh, we don't need to talk about that right now. This is not a Hero's Journey podcast. Oh, um, but it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, but it will be. You just <laughs> okay. wait. Okay, yeah, we'll get there, but... Last note on this discussion. I guess the reason I find it so fascinating personally, why this show is good. All these conversations are about why this show is good. That's really what this podcast is about, It's right? beyond good. It's brilliant. Okay, but it's because he gets it. <laughs> he knows. Joseph Campbell would be so proud in how he's taking his approach. Oh, you my God. I mean? He would love it. He's, like, taking all, like, a concept, a story. One story, right, happening on in eight episodes of television that aren't even an hour long each. And around that story, you could take an infinite, I would guess, amount of perspectives, like from a dualist point of view, uh, from like any sort of Christianity point of view. Like you could take it from a Jewish point of view. You could take it from a Protestant point of view, you know, like all these different things. And I also, even outside that, Greek mythology, Buddhist, Eastern, Hindu, Western religions, yeah, is in there. because they're the same. So he knows that. Clearly, he's interested in religion. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's clearly interested in religion. So it's cool to see a guy who's smart, I guess, putting on a show that encompasses all of that knowledge. After the finale, I was, I had to tweet out like, I can't <laughs> believe how good it feels. Yeah. To see a show or, you know, whatever, movie show, but this in this case a show, mm-hmm. that knows what it is, that knows what it's trying to say, and executes it yeah. so well mm-hmm. on so many different levels. Yeah, it's not just one, man. <laughs> it's, you know. That's why it's brilliant. Yeah. That, in a nutshell, is why it's brilliant. It knows exactly what it's trying to do. It's not going to give up halfway through 
and decide to go off on some tangent that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's a capsule of perfection, in my opinion. Sure Storytelling perfection. It is very right, good. Now that we are done kissing yeah. Alex Garland's ass for a minute, let's move on because we still have like kicking? Kissing. Oh. <laughs> well, what is this podcast, dude? I know. <laughs> That's why we're doing um, it. So, uh, and then it quick cuts to... Quick cut to Forrest and Amaya in bed reading a bedtime story. It's so freaking cute. By the way, this little girl is... Legend. Um, Lily in real life's niece. I found that out. That's why they have the same last name. It's cool. In the credits. She's so stinking cute. Unbelievably cute. Anyway, they're in bed together and they're reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. But it's at, but little Amaya is actually making up her own words because she obviously probably can't read. And she's like, and he makes a cocoon and he stayed there for two weeks and poof, a butterfly. Mm-hmm. And change. she says, change, change, Delta, change. Delta. bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but- she says, the end. Yeah. Well, and it's also showing Katie's face. It cuts to Katie's face. Yeah. But you still hear Forrest and Amaya talking. Mm-hmm. And Forrest says, is that the end? And Amaya says, yes. And Forrest says, the end. And it's creepy. <laughs> a little bit. But... I don't know if it's um, creepy. To me, it's, it's a little ominous. Well, no, no, no. You know what's weird about that? It's weird because it's weird to have Forrest asking her a question. And then going with the answer. You know what I mean? He always has to rebut with a problem that he's having with everyone's thoughts. You know what I mean? Every time someone's like, I got the answer for you, he's like, okay, but that's not it, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's funny to see a child that's like, I don't know, eight, seven, oh, younger, younger than, than that. that. I'm, I'm sorry, she's with like age, four. But... Okay, five, but like, dog. Most... It's fascinating, especially when he's like, is this the end? Which is kind of like this time related thing. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah. <laughs> just yes. as a child just like yeah dude yes like it is and he's and he's like okay then it is so it shall be you know what i mean she it's like the master has an overlord but what you were just talking oh for sure she is his overlord mm-hmm. but what you were just talking about with the plant brain and everything like that book <laughs> is about the very hungry caterpillar is about a caterpillar eating Ingesting everything the plant in sight it's eating everything everything it can find it's devouring it's Mm -hmm. destroying all of this (laughs) okay man it's dramatic but it is though that's what the book is about yeah i know i know and then enlightenment at the end after it has taken and taken and taken and devoured everything it goes into a cocoon and poof it's a beautiful butterfly yeah yeah so hmm I know we're going way deep on this. No, 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 no. He. But this is the first re- time she's spoken. By the way, this yes, is the first is. time we've heard her actually speak. The fact that she's reading the Hungry Caterpillar out loud, mm-hmm. and that it shows Katie's face over that. She's watching it on the screen. Why would she be watching that on the screen? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, don't give me that. Don't end it. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. She could have been it. reading any book. Yeah. She could have been reading The Little House. Why were they reading at all? <laughs> she know? could have been reading Harry the Dirty Dog. Why is mm-hmm. she reading The Very Hungry Caterpillar? <laughs> I think it's because of what you just said. She's, I guess, the, from a she's perspective. the Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> yes. Or he becomes The Very Hungry Caterpillar. 
they're both the very in search of becoming the caterpillar (laughs) or the uh butterfly butterfly. yeah oh it's so good you guys enlightenment okay oh god and then we get the money i hate it's so good watching this it's It's, so good but it's devastating no but it's so good though god it's so good though all right let's just push through forest is on the porch should i play it I have it pulled up. Well, I don't care if you play it because right. I can't hear it. But Forrest is on the porch. Look at all those trees. Mm, look at all those foliage. straight lines all around him in the in the house. It's and like the way caging that it's him off. Excited. <laughs> it's just it's it's tram lines versus many worlds. He's surrounded by it. Yeah. His so, shirt. Oh, his shirt is <laughs> is um, tram line central. It's a plaid, large plaid, with with you know. Okay. roads on it i gotta ask you though they meticulously gave the man earbuds yeah in this scene okay why for the whole scene why why would it matter to have him listening to the call on earbuds instead of just putting up the phone to his ear why there's a reason and i know there is because it's weird it's just weird to me it is a little weird i've never i've every time i watch the scene i'm like why is he being hip it's like weird. it stands out like a sore thumb. I mean, he is a tech god. He's obviously in has a tech company, but also does he obviously have a tech company? Because I don't know if we know that at this point. Um, he would have had to have had a tech company at this point. There's no way he built well, what Amaya the tech up. Been? What would have it been? Amaya? Do you think he like worked at Amaya before? Yeah, yeah, I do. And he called in Amaya because I of his so. daughter while she was alive. I. Sure. I'm troubled with that. Why I don't would you know. do that? I don't know. That's a good question. Put a pin in that. We should discuss that. Chicken or the egg, you know? And decide whether what we think about that. All right. Um, but Lily and Jamie later in this episode actually use not earbuds, but um Ear pods. Ear pods. <laughs> so Disconnected. Uh or are they run. just tech nerds? I mean I mean I don't know. I don't know though. Like, why is he not just putting it up to his ear? Which is, you could have done that and getting the same scene. It's true. Scene. You're right. It is a little strange. It would have probably even been better. I mean, he tears out the ear pot, earbuds. But it could have been cooler and better if he, like, had to throw down his phone or something. That would have been cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. There's a reason. I'm telling either. you there's a reason. But right now we're looking at a shot of half the screen is his house sighting, which is straight lines, and half the, White. the screen is trees. In the background. Yeah, it's... We have a... We have a... Battle. We have a battle going on here between these two theories. Yep. Okay. Okay, so... He's on the phone. He's talking to his wife, I guess we can assume, since you noticed a wedding ring. Yep. No, yeah, Um, it's definitely his wife. And he... You hear him say, oh, I forgot. He was supposed to go get milk, and he forgot. <laughs> um, so now he's cool. walking down the driveway surrounded by... It's a beautiful property. Heck many, many trees and bushes, and it's very nice. And he's standing in the street, waving to his wife, who's coming at him f- down the street in a car. Um, and they're talking about what's going to be for dinner. He's like, I don't know. Just come home. Drop he off says, Amaya. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Drop off Amaya, and I'll go get something and then you pick up the clue that she doesn't want to be talking to him on the phone while she's driving and he's like what's the difference i'll talk to you in 30 seconds or i can talk to you now 
and just about he gets that statement out of it's his like, mouth. It's like on the cusp. And of you him. see his wife's car driving down the street. She runs a stop sign because she's distracted and coming in the opposite oh, yeah. direction. Oh, I love this too. The is car a car just going. Is a car barreling down the street the other direction. Also runs a stop sign. Uh, you know, hits her car. Um, what do you call that when you hit it? T-boned. She got T-boned <laughs> real hard. Hecka hard. And then we start, and he is clearly distraught. <laughs> and I am too. I'm like, oh. my oh. God. I hate, I've got chills right now, not even being able to hear oh, it. Oh, no. I hate this part so much. That's good, dog. Can you pause it, please? Why? Because I want to go through something oh, okay. real quick. I don't want so, <laughs> he, like Colin said, he is obviously in shock when he sees this happening. He starts walking down the middle of his street towards the intersection to turn left to go see what happened. And we see his wife's car pull up perfectly safe yeah. in another. I mean, we but, see Forrest walking down the street still in the background. Yeah, the windows rolled down and you can nicely see like through the window mm-hmm. that he's still walking. It's cool. Everyone's safe. He gets Amaya out of the car. He's hugging her. The wife comes around. They're all happy, happy. And then the other Forrest is still walking down the street screaming, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And he gets mm-hmm. to the intersection. He turns left to where the cars traveled through their impact. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing the two cars in many worlds. Yeah. Bare, like barely yeah, missing yeah, 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 each yeah. other. Or not hitting each other at all. Not hitting each other at all. Or um, like in one hitting scenario. Each other. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. The There's wife slams on her brake. In one scenario, the wife T-bones the other car, but not so badly. Or they, it's a near miss, or she hits it in the back. But this, what we're seeing, what has happened in this story, is by far the worst case scenario in that these two cars hit each other real hard. Forrest's wife car flips over. And as we know from later in the story, they're both dead. But the shot is cool because he's trying to get the door open, Amaya's door open, but the camera keeps traveling down the street yeah, cool. as if to say, this huh. is your tram line, buddy, true. and there ain't nothing you can do about it. That's facts. Big facts. Um, and then it cuts to Katie's face, and she's actually crying and very distraught as well. She's like, whoa. Watching this. But can we just note one thing? All right. Or can I just note one thing? Sure. The colors of the cars. One is silver and one yeah, is gold. I noticed. There's actually a blue car sitting on the street. Have you ever but the two that? cars that are in the accident. His wife's car is silver, and and the other one that hits her and kills her and Amaya is gold. gold, yeah. Facts. And it's a Volvo, I might add. (laughs) So that guy probably walked away totally fine. Oh. (laughs) No, no, no. You can see the car sitting there. Well, he's passed out, but I bet he's probably fine. Oh, you think he's passed out? Yeah. He doesn't... I bet he's not dead. Volvos are hardcore. (laughs) You know, it's interesting... The episode um, when Kenton and her were in the car and she crashes the car uh-huh. kind of to the side like that. I don't know. Just a thought. Kind of a similar image. Oh, yeah, yeah. But for a different reason. Um, Yeah. So that scene is chilling. I never. The music's banger. It, the music is. Can you talk about it for a minute? Because it is very, very cool. Honestly, I don't even really know how. Uh, I'd have to listen it's to it. It's chimes. Quick. It's some kind of chimes. I know. It's. And they seem like it's going to go in, like, 
descending tones but then it's it going just, down by like quarter tones and like really but then it just goes like oh god it's chaos yeah it's absolute chaos well yeah it's playing with like the overtones of the so like really cool thing with chimes is that chimes actually don't every time i want to talk about this stuff it always turns nerdy and i feel like i'm embarrassing myself <laughs> chimes don't have fundamental frequencies to them oh really only overtones so what you actually hear as the fundamental is actually comprised of the overtones. It's a weird illusion that some instruments can create. Same with the trumpet. Trumpet does the same thing. It doesn't have a fundamental. Um, but you're tricked, essentially. So it's kind of, you, that's how you get that really astral effect that's really like, hmm. feels like there's something missing, like the core is missing. It's just like scaling and. Yeah, you're right. It's going up and down at the same time because undertones, overtones. And there's also strings, too. I don't know if you picked up on that. I didn't. But they're all just like, like really high pitched. I can't even, I won't try to sing it, but anyway, it's like scratching, like at the shining type vibes, like super like pressure and like it's scratchy. And that whole sequence makes me super upset. And it's, it's chilling. actually really good scoring. It's chilling this the entire bars. thing. Um. Okay. So uh, we see actually right after this, the outside of the big gold cube, the dove's cube. And you can see the core through the windows, and you can see um, above it, like, red, blue, and green flashing lights, mm -hmm. up, like, above the big cube. But yeah. look at this shot right here. Like, Yeah, it's good. Where, what are we looking through there? Because you can see the core, and then past it, you can see those two um, big, round, like, pieces of relief sculpture. So that's... Through there is the door to the place. So I didn't realize there was a glass window on the opposite mm -hmm. end of the doors, which yeah. I guess there is because they're showing it to us. Yeah. But that's a really cool shot. I enjoy it. It's yeah, very it's symmetrical. Like some composition. Very symmetrical. Lots of squares. Lots of boxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, okay. Don't know what so, it is, though. Hmm? Don't know what they do, what those two weird layers are doing. But yeah, who knows? Okay, so then it cuts. This is cool. So then they cut to... Um, a fizz of a fizz. <laughs> a fizz. It fizzes <laughs> into another fizz. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, this scene appears to be after the experiment scene that we see earlier. Maybe the same day, uh, possibly, because it's... Uh. It's like the conversation that they're having in boys. I think they're wearing the same clothes. One. I think they're wearing the same clothes. So. Oh, that's true. We could tell from that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's Forrest and Katie. They're looking at the image of a projected mouse, dead mm -hmm. mouse, on a computer screen. And Forrest says, do you think any of them understand what we're really doing here? And Katie says, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you understand. Which and okay, he sorry. says, what do you mean? And she says, I think devs is how you put yourself on trial. It's judge and jury. If it works, determinism precludes free will. You're absolved. You did no wrong. But if it doesn't work, you had choices and you are guilty. And he says, and if it doesn't work, I'm damned. And she says, yes, pretty much. <laughs> yep. I love straightforward Katie sometimes. Mm -hmm. But then she asks, what's my place in this trial? And he says, you're a witness. And she says, no, I'm the lawyer for the defense. 
and I'm going to make my opening argument. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. He says, um, no. <laughs> yeah. She pushes a button, and the dead mouse simulation on her screen comes back to life. And we see the dead mouse behind them in the altar, I'm going to say the experiment altar room, still dead. Mm-hmm. So she has successfully resurrected this mouse in a simulation. Yep. Ta-da! It's cool. Yeah. But this whole conversation that they have, um, which answers my big question back in the college lecture hall, if she was so pro-Everett interpretation and so pro-many worlds, like, militantly so mm-hmm. to the point where she got pissed and left yeah <laughs> yeah because this woman was playing games playing games yeah <laughs> um what made her change her mind then because when we see her in the show she is all about the tram lines now or she is trying to prove the tram lines mm-hmm. to be true but this is the answer she has clearly got feelings for him now and feels terrible for him. Yep. yep. And so the whole point. Love. It's love. Stupid, man. Dumb story, dude. <laughs> but this is a transformation, is it not? It is a transformation of her being just very science-minded. I believe in Everett. Everything else can go away. You're all wrong. It's definitely Everett. Mm-hmm. Um, but she now has feelings that have made her change her uh, opinion, maybe. Yep. Or maybe she's just has so much feelings for him now that he, she just wants it to be true so he's absolved and he can stop being in this pain all the time. Sure. Um, so that scene is very cool. I like that conversation a lot. And then it cuts out, then edit, and then we get this nice shot of... Fog. Yeah, San Francisco. Oh, and it's, it's beautiful, though. But it has the... It has the music. It has so it has two scores combined. Really? Yeah, actually. Oh, it has the. It does have the chimey chimes. I remember hearing that. Comes that comes in after the first score, which is introduced, is the music that is shown when or heard when Katie's walking out of the building with those uh-huh. vocals, and it blends with the chimes. Cool. It's kind of cool. So we're we are getting um, multiple worlds. Multiple and... worlds in the music too. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that shot opening shot of that little montage where it's all foggy and you see the golden gate bridge and you see the skyline way in the distance and these hills are creating like i don't know layers layers yeah it's really it's really pretty it is um and then we see the sun and then we see houses many neighborhoods like you can Mm -hmm. tell it's like a neighborhood situation flying Mm -hmm. over it and then we cut to jamie's scary bathroom floor yep with because it's a wreck still from the attack of Kenton. Mm-hmm. There's blood. Oh, by the way, I think that blood is Kenton's blood. Oh. Because if you look at Jamie, he's not bleeding anywhere. Yeah, that's why I was kind of confused. And Kenton actually has a contusion. Mm-hmm. You can see it slightly at some point. But it could also be Lily, though. Lily. Yeah, because she came to his place, and then we see that scene before she's arrested of washing her face in the sink, and but she got in a car that's accident. That's all over the toilet. <laughs> she got in a car accident. I don't know. I know, but she's not going to bleed all over the Do toilet. Do you think he hit his head or something? I think Jamie got a lick in, yeah. Good oh. for him. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how we're supposed to gather that, but okay. 
I'm just taking the evidence and I'm looking at Jamie. He has no blood on him and Kenton has a contusion on his head. Isn't it just weird that we don't see it though? It is a little weird. It is. It's because he's too old to probably be doing stunts like that. Well, the whole time I'm like, are you kidding me? Why is Jamie like, you know, he's small, but he's probably quick. Yeah. Because Kenton is just like kind of a big lumbering old guy. Mm-hmm. You're telling me he couldn't have got a lick in? I think he did. I feel you. So good for him, like I said. I want all the wins for Jamie that I can possibly get. Okay. Um. So we hear uh, Jamie is on his ear pods talking to his, uh, who I think is his dad, just gathering what he says. But he's basically telling them, get mom, get my sister and her husband and the kids and go somewhere for a week. Mm-hmm. And he's being very... Seven days. Seven days. He's being very <laughs> ambiguous um, because I'm sure he thinks someone's listening in. And he says, take them to the place we used to go on vacation when me and Lucy were kids. Yeah, uh, the place by the lake or whatever. And um, so he's being very vague. And, of course, his dad is like, what? Like, what's going on? And he's like, I, you, I can't tell you. Just do what I'm saying. And eventually he makes up an elaborate lie and says... <laughs> Gives him a reason, says, you know, you know, that company I work for, well, um, we're involved with some foreign powers now, and <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's a little scary right now, but I'm fine. There's guys with guns. Like, he's making up this whole story. That's kind of what Lily does when she's calling her mom. Her mom, exactly. But this is so much more, like, emotional and, like, you can tell he's actually close to his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Whereas yeah, Lily's just like... like just like... <laughs> Get off my back. Yeah, though. mom. Yeah. No, I don't want to come to Hong Kong. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, interesting juxtaposition there between Jamie and his family and Lily and her family. Kind of. So, after this scene, we get an edit to Katie and Forrest. Yeah, the Sit- chimes are still going in that scene, by the way. You can hear some chimes. It's oh, in the Jamie obviously a chaotic scene? type of scary feature used in the music, but anyway. Continue, sir. Um, so it edits to Katie and Forrest, and Forrest is sitting on the couch in Adamaya, and Katie's standing behind him. I like the scene. And there's a big window, and there's trees. Yeah. Because of weird pillows. And some weird pillows. And then across from them on another couch is Kenton. Mm-hmm. Um, also notice everything is red, blue, or green. Just Literally. It's all Literally. Earth colors. Everything. Red, blue, green. Um, and again, even though we're not mentioning it, pretty much everyone is wearing still circles and plaids and stripes all the freaking time. We don't even need to talk about it. We don't even need to talk about it. Exactly. If I mentioned (laughs) it at this point, if y'all aren't paying attention to that, you're not watching the show. So also there's a weird computer. There is a weird computer. Isn't that funny? It's like, there's a lot of weird artifacts around these places, man. What's going on? It's like he has an old PC preserved in this glass box it's so weird on display like it's art or something that's so interesting it is very interesting so kenton's like listen i'm doing all this stuff for you i'm killing people i'm terrorizing people i just want to let you know i'm not going to jail and i'm going to act in my own best interest no matter what lily chan is a threat and i'm telling you that right now and again i'm not going to jail for you so if i'm effed so are you and literally forest and Katie aren't moving a muscle. They're having no reaction <laughs> to this whatsoever. <laughs> and, I've seen it. <laughs> um, so Kenton's like, I'm not going to prison. And Katie's like, 
no need to worry about going to prison. <laughs> and he's like, no, you don't understand. I'm not going to prison. I will act in my self-interest. And Katie literally looks off like, like bruh. dude, <laughs> you fool. please, you're boring me. Um, and he says, Lily, Th- Lily Chan is a threat. And Katie says, it's not in your power to kill her. And Kenton says, have we met? (laughs) (laughs) This conversation is so funny. Yeah, I tell you, it's funny. And she says, I didn't say you lack the ability to kill her. I said it's not in your power. Please get out of here. You are such a loser. She doesn't say that, but that's what she thinks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's actually a comical scene, in my opinion. Um, So that projection image fades. uh, And we see the big cube again. And we see Katie in the projection room through the window. And the image that comes up on the screen next is Lily by her dying father, little Lily, young Lily, by her dying father's bedside. Yep. And they're speaking uh, Chinese and her dad says, no man ever steps in the same river twice because it is not the same river and he is not the same man. Um, and Smart dad. <laughs> he says to her, it's Greek. Do you understand? And she says, no. And he says, I expect with, I expect you will understand if you try. Ooh. Ooh, that could be important for later. <laughs> I totally forgot about this conversation. First thing. Also, there's a computer that looks very similar to the actual computer. Uh, we just saw the last scene. Like an old thing. <laughs> the monitor. But, um... So, again, it's about change. The reason the man can't step in the river twice, because the river is constantly changing, and so is the man. Also, the fact that she asks if it's an old Chinese proverb or, or saying, mm-hmm. I think. And he's like, no, it's old, but not Chinese. It's Greek. We just got done talking about, mm-hmm. like, East and West being, like, the same, like, um, yeah. interpretation. And- it's like the Everett and the... To talk, whatever the other ones are. I don't remember the other ones. But. And Delta is Greek. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but it is. Um, and then Oh, I Wept starts to play again. The same song that started the episode ends the episode, as often happens on this show. Yeah. Um, it's a good ending. I actually forgot about this ending. But the next thing that we see is Lily, child Lily again, sitting at the go board at what is a uh, and I guess they're home, but she's alone this time. Yeah. Um, but sitting in the same exact place she was sitting before, apparently playing Go by herself. It's weird. Which is very interesting. Yeah. So my question is, n- you know, I don't know. Is this after her dad dies or is this just another world in which her dad was never there or maybe she's trying to like beat herself she's trying to beat herself it's in- that's interesting <sighs> it's hard to think about <laughs> imagine trying to beat yourself in a game but um then the that image fades to lily laying on the floor of like, what looks Whoa. like the walls of the devs center and she flaps over and her arms are in, you know, crucifixion pose, but her leg again is is bent in what looks like a triangle. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, she's still there. It's <laughs> funny. Um, and also I would add that it makes her legs look like a P. Okay, yeah. Which 
when you see the chi rho, which is a P with an X through it, an X through the straight line of the P, mm-hmm. that is the symbol for Christ. Yeah. Also. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Alex uh, Garland, you need <laughs> to tell Garland. me, did you mean for that to be a delta? Or did you mean for that to be a chi rho <laughs> reference? Because I really want to know. Yeah, yeah. Or am I insane and you meant nothing by it at all? I mean, she is a choreographer or a dancer. She is. A, yeah, she's you're right. She's got the nimble body parts. Maybe that was the whole, maybe the whole reason she's in the show is because of the stupid Delta thing you came up with. Maybe. I'm just saying. Anyway. Um, I so yeah, would, it fades out again. I'm leaning towards Delta just because we see limbs bent that way this entire episode. And he talks about the Greeks and the change being, you know, change being the whole point of that proverb mm-hmm. um so then it cuts to or it fades out fades back in again on lily at the hospital laying the same way with half her face on the pillow it's blurry but outside her window we see a figure the boy has and come back jamie climbs through her window this time into her room lifts her up into sitting position <laughs> off the bed and says i'm getting you out and she's totally drugged up and says i love you baby mm-hmm. <laughs> also the so fact cute. that she says baby is kind of reminiscent to the first thing ever said in the show which is good morning baby good morning baby I mean, sergey said that so and don't call it baby oh 2001 baby, baby. um but it's kind of really sad jamie says i wish you did but yeah. you don't it's just the dope talking that's funny dog oh you're wrong <laughs> the biggest homie zoned this dude is getting homie zoned, friend no, zoned, he's not. in every possible way. Um, so anyway, he gets her out the window, and thank goodness they're on the ground level. They're always that way. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to Katie's face, and she smiles. She's like, yes. <laughs> love will find a way. Is it love will find a way? or? Know. She's like, yep, I saw that happening. Everything is proceeding <laughs> as I have foreseen. As I have foreseen. Is she Palps? She, she is basically she palpatine? is Palps. She no, is Forrest not. is basically Palps. No, Kenton is basically Palps. <laughs> He's the psychopath. Okay, well, it's over. Episode five, wrapped. Um, one Music more thing, though. Out through credits. It doesn't. Oh, I mean, okay, it goes through this. Um, it cuts to throat singing. The front, the, the, which the is beginning credits. That's what I meant. But the throat singing. What is up with the throat singing? <laughs> okay. At the end of these credits, or halfway through. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very rhythmic. I found it. I'm grooving. I literally looked up who this is. Oh, my goodness. Pauline Kayak and Barbara Akowak. Sorry, I'm butchering your names, I'm sure. But they are Inuit um, throat singers, ladies. Mm-hmm. And this song that they're singing <laughs> is a throat song about a young... Inuk woman singing to her puppy in hopes that the puppy will become strong and the leader of its pack. So there you go. It's all about puppies. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's about puppies. Pavlov's dog, dude! <laughs> oh! oh my god, you're clipping. I'll fix that. I'll fix so that. So hard. <laughs> we got it! Puzzle solved. We got it, boys. Boom. Okay. Case right. closed. Let's send it right there. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. So, wow. That was episode five. It's a good one. It's my favorite. It's crazy. We got montage after montage. We got color theory. 
We got Jesus faces. <laughs> I mean, lot, we got bent limbs that might be Delta, that might be Cairo. I we're don't know. We're definitely missing a lot. I'm sure too. we're missing tons. But that's that's our takeaway from episode five of Devs. Anything else to say in closing, Colin? Um, That's not... You Please don't scream it and clip. I won't, but... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. You gotta be joking me, dog. All right, we're almost we're almost there. We are. We're getting there. We, we're over the hump now. Now we're on the final stretch, kind of. Yep. Um, final stretch. The next episode is the best one. So yeah, that is to true. That. That's Colin's favorite. This was my favorite, I think, unless I change my mind after I rewatch. The most interesting dialogue I think I've ever seen in a show. I'm excited. Although I'm gonna be writing a lot because I write down all these cool monologues. Yeah, you're gonna have to quote that entire dialogue. <sighs> Because every single word is important. The look of the room is important. The way their faces are shot. Like, everything about that scene. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Just saying. Maybe we should just, but, like, play it. Honestly, we might have to. It would just take so long. And be done but, yeah, we, we should talk about it here. So, yeah, I'm good. I really don't know what else to say. All we right. talked about it to ad nauseum. So. Okay. Well, I hope you um, made it this far. And we look forward to discussing episode six next do you wanna time. Do you want to hook the uh, social media? Oh, well, I really, again, I'm so bad at social media. We don't have decoding dev social media. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah, we should probably let people know. We're we're talking about starting something, so look out for that. Next episode, we'll probably talk about it. Colin's talking about it. I want to start one. I can't do it. But uh, anyway, my personal Twitter handle is at FreyAjacent. Uh, and Colin has an Instagram at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And we are both on Facebook. And um, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time for episode six.